Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. Draw, if you be men. Gregory, remember thy washing blow. Part fools, put up your swords. You know not what you do. What? Art thou drawn among these heartless hinds? Turn thee, Benvolio, look upon thy death. I do but keep the peace. Put up thy sword, or manage it to part these men with me. What? Drawn and talk of peace? I hate the word, as I hate hell, all Montagues, and thee. Have at thee, coward! Act 1, Scene 1 opens with conflict. Minor characters Samson and Gregory, both Capulets, and Abram and Balthazar, Montagues, quarrel in the streets of Verona, insulting each other and eventually drawing swords and fighting. Benvolio attempts to beat down their swords, and as he does so, we meet Tybalt, Juliet's cousin, who attempts to perpetuate the conflict by fighting Benvolio. As the fight continues, Lord and Lady Capulet and Lord and Lady Montague appear on the scene, and both men are keen to join in the fracas. They're interrupted by the prince. But before we get to that bit, let's dwell a little on why Shakespeare opens the drama of the play like this. The minor characters, Samson and Gregory, are sometimes performed comically, like in Baz Luhrmann's version. Because although they talk the talk, they are clearly cowards when it comes to fighting the Montagues. When Abram and Balthazar arrive on the scene, Gregory says he will frown as I pass by, which is hardly an act of extreme violence. Samson takes things further by biting his thumb at the Montagues, a rude gesture at the time. But when Abram asks, Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? Samson is clearly frightened. He says, I do bite my thumb, sir but won't admit to gesturing in Abram's direction until he knows that Benvolio, who might protect him, is nearby. There's definitely an element of clowning in this opening, certainly, but in the language that Samson and Gregory use, we can see horrible violence. Samson declares that he will be a tyrant and will thrust maids to the wall and either cut off the heads of maids or their maidenheads. That is, he will decapitate women or rape any Montague virgins. So whilst there is comedy here, we can also see the sinister depth of the feud and the behaviour of the two houses. Directors making choices about which lines to cut must decide which of these elements they intend to emphasise. Notice too that Shakespeare doesn't take one side or the other. Both households are alike in dignity and equally at fault. The speech you heard at the beginning of this podcast is our first introduction to the characters Benvolio and Tybalt. Benvolio's first lines are... Part fools, put up your swords, you know not what you do. Although his sword is drawn, it is clear that he is a peacekeeper. He uses his weapon in order to beat down the weapons of others. Tybalt, by contrast, is pugnacious and hostile. He is disdainful of Benvolio's peaceful motives and asks him derogatory rhetorical questions, as though he cannot believe what he is seeing and hearing. What, art thou drawn among these heartless hinds? What, drawn and talk of peace? Calling the Montague fighters 
heartless hinds, Tivod is comparing them to female deer who have been left without a male deer to protect them. The word heartless is a pun, meaning both without a male heart and cowardly. He then challenges Benvolio directly, but uses imperative verbs to demonstrate that he considers himself Benvolio's superior. Turn thee, Benvolio, look upon thy death. When Benvolio protests, Tybalt delivers his list of motives for desiring conflict. Peace, I hate the word, as I hate hell, all Montagues and thee. Notice that the list ends with Benvolio. Tybalt insults him still further by implying that he hates Benvolio more than he hates any other Montague, and even more than he hates hell. Shakespeare wants us to understand that Tybalt is a man of extreme language who resorts to violence almost immediately. Yes, and juxtaposing him with Benvolio highlights this still further. What's important in this scene is that we see the prevalence of conflict. If you listen to adaptations of the play in which music plays an important role, such as Prokofiev's ballet and the scene called Montagues and Capulets, or the opening of West Side Story, you will hear the tension and clash emphasised in the orchestration. Shakespeare wants us to understand that the reason that Romeo and Juliet's love is death-marked is because of the rage and strife on the streets of Verona. It is not only the nobles of the families who are at war, It is their servants, and even, as Samson jokes at the beginning, a dog of that house shall move me to stand. The next significant moment in this scene is the arrival of Prince Escales. Rebellious subjects, enemies to peace, profaners of this neighbour's stained steel. Will they not hear? What? Oh, you men, you beasts, that quench the fire of your pernicious rage with purple fountains issuing from your veins. On pain of torture, from those bloody hands, throw your mistempered weapons to the ground and hear the sentence of your moved prince. Three civil brawls, bred of an airy word by thee, old Capulet and Montague, have thrice disturbed the quiet of our streets and made Verona's ancient citizens cast by their grave beseeming ornaments to wield old partisans in hands as old, cankered with peace, the part your cankered hate. If ever you disturb our streets again, Your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace. For this time, all the rest depart away. You, Capulet, shall go along with me. And Montague, come you this afternoon to know our father pleasure in this case. To old Freetown, our common judgment place. Once more, on pain of death, all men depart. He's clearly furious about the brawl and addresses the crowd, servants and noblemen and women alike, with three accusations. First, he calls them rebellious subjects, reminding them of their place in society and forcing their respect and obedience. Then he addresses them as enemies to peace, suggesting that all are guilty. Lastly, he calls them profaners of this neighbour-stained steel, who quench the fire of your pernicious rage with purple fountains issuing from your veins. He's referring to them as sinful, bearing the blood of their neighbours on their swords. 
Their rage he describes as fire and pernicious, as though it is uncontrollable, and says disdainfully that the only way they seem to be able to satisfy their anger is with blood. The language the prince uses is unavoidable. On pain of torture, throw your mistempered weapons to the ground. He threatens to punish severely any who fail to obey his commands to disarm. And this continues with his ruling. If ever you disturb our streets again, your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace. In other words, anyone who begins a fight will be executed. For good measure, the prince rounds off his ruling with a repetition. Once more, on pain of death, all men depart. These, presumably, are the words that ring in Romeo's ear in Act 3, Scene 1, after he kills Tybalt. He knows that, by rights, he should be executed for what he has done. I think that's enough for this podcast. In the next one, we will continue to analyse Act 1, Scene 1, looking at language and switching from violence to love. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.